given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. Some say will be, men will give into your bosom. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And so anyway, you see, God says, you know, God has so many ways to bless us. You know, when we tithe, he says he rebukes the devourer on our behalf when we tithe, right? That's one blessing. And then when we give and we give a offering, it says that he will cause others to give into our bosom, right? It says that, in, um, it says, press down, okay, it says a good measure, press down, shaken together, and running over. How many of you can receive that in your spirit? Amen. Hallelujah. So that's what his word says, and that's what I stand on for you, that on your offerings, that he gets blessing unto you. You're already blessed when you're in Christ. But, you know, he wants you to walk a blessed life so that you can be a witness unto others of the true blessing of God. So I'm going to pray over the offering, and then the ushers can collect it, and then I will go ahead and... Um, your message. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for every seed sown here. I thank you, Lord, that you return unto every person pressed down, shaken together, and running over because your word is true. I thank you for their sacrifice, Lord. I thank you for their offering. I thank you for the tithe that you remove the devourer on their behalf. And I thank you, Lord, that you give this church wisdom on how 
work here on the earth. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. This is Christ speaking. Because of me. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward in heaven is great. Your reward in heaven is great. We receive rewards in heaven for our stand for the righteousness of Christ here on earth. For our stand for righteousness. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So you are blessed when people persecute you for the sake of Christ. When they see Christ in you and they don't like it. <laughs> and they want to take you out or, or change your mind or pull you down because of it. So people are persecuting you for Christ. For the sake of righteousness, be glad. Because you are showing forth something. So be glad. You see, first of all, two things. First of all, if we become persecuted for Christ, we have to be living a pretty blessed life. That, that's a reward in and of itself. <clears throat> to live for Christ is gain. So just the fact that we're standing for righteousness, that we're living in righteousness in our Lord Jesus Christ is a blessing. That's a blessing in and of itself. We should never even need anything else. But God gives us more. He's always pouring that blessing on us. Okay? And he says here, it says, we will be rewarded. Your reward in heaven is great. So yes, living for Christ here on earth, that's its own reward, but he has a whole lot more plans. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He promises us more. So we're going to go back to the Beatitudes. See, we've been studying these. And we've looked into Basically, so far, seven, we look at seven keys. We're looking at seven keys to walk the blessed life of God here, here, not in the body of God. So the first three, we studied, they were poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, and blessed are those who are meek, right? So those are sort of the foundation for the ones that come, for the other ones, because when basically we learn about poorness in spirit, you know, when we recognize our dependence on God. When we also understand mourning and meekness, when we understand that basically we're nothing without Him, that our entire worth comes from Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. When we learn that, when we learn that we are willing to make His will, His one will paramount in our lives, to re-enthrone Christ in our lives, See, that causes us to purify our hearts. And it causes us to seek these other things that come next. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? See, because we draw closer and closer to God and it becomes our, his heart becomes our heart. Okay? So we hunger and thirst for righteousness. For his, his righteousness, for others to see his righteousness in our lives. If we tap into the 
to. That brings us internal peace, doesn't it? Because we allow him to get rid of all the dross, you know, all the darkness. We submit to him and, and he, he helps us. And so we that in, internal, that inward peace comes. Then we become peacemakers to help others come to peace to him and for peace amongst ourselves in unity in Christ. So then, when we do all that, now this is not, you have to do all this, right? God works with us as we move along. Right? But when we do that, as we walk through this journey, as we go through this process, he allows us then to become victorious over the persecution that comes. This is a so worth it journey. This is a so worth it journey. I want to be victorious when persecution comes. If people are, um, I'm going to go to Matthew actually 5, 10 through 12. We're going to read that again. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, because of Christ. Rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Christians who demonstrate the righteousness of God in their lives will be persecuted. Jesus was persecuted, and he said, beyond anything that we will ever imagine, beyond anything that we will ever go through on this earth, he did it for you, he allowed himself to be persecuted. And he says, if I was persecuted, you're going to be persecuted. Well, thank you, Jesus, that you count me worthy to be like you. <laughs> John 15, 20. This is Jesus. Remember the word that I spoke to you. No servant, that would be us, is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you as well. So do not be shocked when you go through trials for standing for Christ. Count yourself worthy. We should rejoice in the persecution because it means that Christ is showing up in us. The glory of God is showing up. The glory of God. Heaven's on earth. This verse actually goes on to say, if they obey my teaching, they will obey yours also. If we stand for the righteousness of Christ, what's going to happen? Our witness is going to be strong. They won't be able to resist it when we stand for righteousness. Isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. They persecuted him, they persecuted us, but when they got the light and they obeyed him, they will be the same with us. See? They'll get the light. John 15, 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Second Timothy 3, 12. In fact, Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Corinthians 4, 7-9 But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God. No matter what you go through, 
We have an all-surpassing power from God. Amen. And not from us. It's not of us. Listen, we are hard-pressed on every side. Are you going to go through hard times? Are you going to feel like you are just totally being pressed in on every side? Yeah, you're going to, that's going to happen. But not crushed. You're not going to be crushed. God won't tolerate it. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Your God will never abandon you. He is for you. He is not against you. We will never see the righteous forsaken. When you take a stand of righteousness for God, it may be uncomfortable in the natural. It may be uncomfortable. You may not be like. But you see, God is right there with us, hand in hand, walking us through it. Hallelujah. He will never abandon us. Struck down, but not destroyed. He knows exactly what it's like. Jesus knows exactly what it's like, and even worse. He knows even worse than what you're going through. That's right. He knows exactly what it's like. He knows exactly what you're going through. He made it through to victory. We make it through to victory when we hang on to him. Amen. Amen. Right? Yes. So, if we have not run into persecution, wakey, wakey. If we have not run into persecution, what do you think that means? That probably means we may, well, nobody here, nobody at RCC. But could it possibly mean that we're not taking a strong enough stand? Could it possibly mean that? Yeah, it could possibly mean that. Because if people don't see Christ, what is there, what is, what is there that they disagree with? Right? Amen. So do we stand for Christ? Does it show? Does it show that I stand for Christ? In my personal life. Not just in the pulpit. You know, in my personal life. Do we stand for righteousness? Does the world know that I'm a Christian? Am I hiding my faith when it gets tough and I don't really feel comfortable talking to someone or I don't know? Does, is my faith hiding under a bushel? Am I letting it shine? See, John 13, 35, it says they will know us by our love for one another. So that's the way. When it's really tough to walk in love for someone. Anyway, if we're not persecuted, maybe it's because our stand is not bright enough. And that's a sad thought. And at that point, we sort of need to beef up the game. Mm-hmm. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, don't you think it's really interesting that he talks about salt and light right out in conjunction with persecution? Because he's telling us exactly what we need to do. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I, I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be me at all. I do not want to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I do not want to be fodder for Satan. See, we're meant to be spicy. 
the honor. But there's a key. We've got to honor God. We have to re-enthrone Christ in our hearts. Our land has gotten so far away, so far away from honoring him. We, we live a blessed life like no other country on this earth. But, you know, as our citizens have demanded that God be eliminated from so many parts of our culture, our schools, I feel sorry. I'm sorry for that word. I have compassion for children who have to go into the school system right now, the public school system, with all the antagonism against Christ. Anyway, as we've eliminated God from our schools, from our government, from our government buildings, from our, from our, you know, even now many of the monuments, they're crying out, take down monuments of Christ. Not that I accept idolatry. We don't, we don't idolize those statues. It's, it's the principle behind it. But anyway, his precepts, his precepts have been eliminated from our law in many respects. This is not a good road. A culture devoid of God is a morally degraded culture. It is a morally degraded culture. And a culture devoid of God is a chaotic culture. It is a death culture. So you see, as we return, as we re-enthrone God, on our hearts, it has to come here first, and then it becomes an extension. And that curve, you see, his glory can be seen. He has not given up on the United States. That's right. He has not given up on the United States. The faith. I know this is why we're going through this. This is the time for the church to rise up. Oh, well, that's a bad statement. It's been always a time. It was always a time. Unfortunately, the church has not taken its job seriously. And we all have a job. And it is to hold back the tide of darkness so that the harvest can come in. You know, you hear all this stuff about the million soul harvest, the billion soul harvest. I'm not going to limit God. We ought not to be putting any numbers on anything. That's right. God is God. Amen. <laughs> a mighty, mighty part. Amen. And you're a part of it. So anyway, it is time, long overdue, for a cry to rise up in this land and in our hearts and in our lives and in our families. That's your first church, saints, your family. And in our communities, to return God's to throne. But anyway, as, as I was studying, I thought, you know, about this other country thing, how we really don't understand persecution, and we really need to understand how blessed we are. And when you read this, it says, blessed are those who are persecuted. And you're kind of like, well, I live in a country where we live, don't suffer too much persecution. So, like, how do we get to be persecuted? Because I want to be blessed. Well, don't you think that way? I think that way. 
there. This was the Center um, for the Study of Global Christianity of Gordon Theological Seminary. It said 100,000 Christians are martyred for their faith, for their faith, every year. Now, when I heard that, when I heard that number 100,000, I thought, well, that's not very much. Of course, each life is important. But really, on the overall, I thought, I really thought that would be a lot higher. Well, then I thought about, okay, well, let's break that down. So that comes to 11 Christians being martyred for their faith, for their stand for Christ, for their walk of righteousness every hour. That's 11 an hour. That comes to 5.5 every minute. Think about that. 5.5 every minute. So then I went to the voice of the martyrs. You can't just go to one place, right? They could be wrong. So then I read about them that says every six minutes, a Christian is martyred for their faith. So the two, they, they agree. You know? Now think about that. I didn't look like how many of those people are in the United States, probably hardly any. But anyway, we need to put it in perspective and we need to understand this is a fight of faith. These are the end times. It's going to get worse. And we need to be willing to stand. Look at, look at the New Testament. Stephen was stoned. John the Baptist was beheaded. The disciples, many of the disciples, they were martyred. John, they tried to put him in a, they tried to kill him. They put him in a bath of boiling water because he understood the love of God so much. It didn't work. Amen. Right? Paul was probably tortured and persecuted in every way imaginable. Christ was crucified. Is it any wonder that you might face a little bit of persecution for your faith? Probably not too unusual. So there's that. There's that. There's that physical, actual, physical violence. Persecution. Physical persecution. But then there's emotional trauma. There's emotional persecution. Mental persecution. Where people will try to come against you. You know, it says in, in Matthew 5.11, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Falsely say. Not because you're doing something wrong. You don't get it in your head. We don't, we don't get it in our heads that we're martyrs because we did something wrong when we suffered an attack. God redeems, so I'm not saying that, okay? Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Insults, false slandering, libels, revilings, being excluded from groups, being abandoned by the world, being abandoned by friendships. You know, I always, Ken and I always told our kids, when they were growing up, if you're standing for righteousness, this is important for every person to understand and to really think about. If you're standing for the righteousness of Christ about some, you know, moral or godly principle in your life, and you are reviled, you are insulted, or you are excluded, or whatever, 
attacked. You see, there are always spirits behind everything. That is not that person attacking you personally. That is that person coming up against the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? That's that person not wanting to hear from the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit in you that that person is attacking. Well, that's not going to work. And if you think of it that way, then you think, well, when I'm going through this personally, if you check your heart, when you check your heart and you are truly standing for righteousness, not just to get your way, you know, something like that, that is them coming against the Holy Spirit in you. Do not take it personally. It has nothing to do with you as a person. And if you look at it that way and you don't get into a personal struggle with that person at that point in time, that Holy Spirit, that's the convicting of the Holy Spirit in their life. And see, then God is, remains free to work. Because you haven't gotten personally offended. You haven't, you understand what I'm saying? So, I don't know, for whatever that's worth. Anyway, Luke 6, 22. Blessed are you when people hate you. When they exclude you. When they insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Because of Christ. So when your friends reject you because, you're, because you love Christ, you take a stand and then you just rejoice. We take a stand and then we rejoice that the King of Glory has come in. And we just keep shining the salt the light. We just keep shining the light of the love of Christ. You know, being a Christian, young ones especially, being a Christian is a, is a totally blessed life. We get to stand for Christ. He calls us his ambassadors. What an honor. What an honor. We get to stand on the promises of God. We get to know merciful love. We get to know unconditional mercy and grace and love of God. Amen. There could be no better blessed life than walking with Christ and knowing that God has us in the palm of his hand. But being a Christian is not a, it's not a cakewalk. It is not a cakewalk. Is it making sense to y'all today? Amen. We shouldn't expect it to be a cakewalk. It requires discipline. It requires perseverance in the face of darkness. It requires perseverance. It requires contending for our faith. We have to contend for our faith. It requires an inner strength that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. In our weakness, His strength shows up. It, it requires us to be resolute. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. No matter what. It requires sacrificing self. We've talked about all these issues over the last week. You see, the the world, that those yet to believe, the world, it hates the light. It really does. It doesn't make you know it hates the light, but it hates the light because of the spirit that is operating in the world. The spirit currently, the spirit of the Antichrist. That's the spirit operating in the world. And it hates the light. That's why 
know what? I really think we all need to take this really seriously because there is going to be a time when God says, okay, it's over. That makes me get really serious in my spirit about what I'm doing for God. That's right. About whether my life is a witness. About whether it's a testimony. About whether the words that I speak are from Him. You know, Christ said, I only speak what the Father speaks. I only do what the Father tells me to do. It's time to be really, really serious about that. First Peter 4, 12 through 16. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. The fiery trial, by the way, is not temptation into, you know, the trial that we go through. He never tempts us with evil. God never tempts us with evil. Right? Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. When we participate in the sufferings of Christ, it is a time for rejoicing. He's counting you worthy. He depends on you. Amen. So that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. He is working his glory. And if we don't get off our stand through the persecution, his glory is revealed to those around us. This is so important. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. You are blessed. We haven't been trained to look at it as a blessing. What are, we, what are we trained in this common age of the church to look at as a blessing? I get everything I want. Well, he does give you all things richly to enjoy. He does supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He hears before we ask. He takes us into you know, our land of abundance. This is all scripture. So yes, that's true, but there's a whole other side of the story. Amen. And I'm sorry. It's been way too many years that the definition of blessing in the church is what I'm going to get. This is a wake-up call. Does he bless? Does he heal? Is it always his will to heal? Yes, yes, yes. Does he want you to prosper? Yes, yes, yes. Does he cause men to pour into your bosom, shaking down, running together, and, and pouring over when you give unto him? Yes, 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 yes. So we're not taking any of that away. But it is time to wake up to the other side. Amen. This life is not going to get any easier for anybody. It is not time to drift away. It is not time to coast. It is time to dig in your heels and say, when persecution comes, I'm standing. I'm standing on the word of God. But rejoice, in as 
partake in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. His glory will be revealed through you because you have chosen to stand for him. He will make sure of it. He will not leave you or forsake you. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Hallelujah. Amen. What more could you want? The spirit of glory. Amen.
from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people. Think of that image. Christ glorified in you, in his holy people. Wow. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Lord. And to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you. This includes you. Because you believe our testimony to you. Psalm 37, 4 through 6. Take delight in the Lord. Take a stand for the Lord. Delight yourself in him, right? Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. <coughs> Trust in him and he will do this. This is one of my favorite scriptures. If you can have favorite scriptures, this is one of mine. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. He knows how to vindicate you, beloved. Amen. He makes it his purpose. Wow. Matthew 6, 19-21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. That doesn't mean you're not supposed to have things here on earth. Let's not go overboard. Yes, he needs for you to lead a blessed life. But he's saying treasures on earth, earthly where your heart is, right? That's where your treasure is. We don't treasure. We appreciate his blessing here on earth. But it's not our treasure. Christ is our treasure. Amen. Christ is our treasure. See, the earthly treasures, he wants you to be blessed walking here on earth. But that's not your storehouse. He's your storehouse. Amen. These are temporary rewards or, you know, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, indestructible, cannot be touched, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Nobody can steal the reward of your righteousness in Christ. Amen. And by this it says you're going to be rewarded in heaven for your stand for righteousness for Christ here on earth. You're laying up crowns in heaven. For where your treasure is, there is your heart also. So you are awfully silent today. <laughs> I guess persecution isn't exactly an easy subject, but I really hope that by looking at it, how Christ looks at it, that we have a new perspective of the blessing that it really is and the protection that we really do have. Amen. from our Lord Jesus Christ when we are standing for him. Amen. We are standing within his wall of protection and blessing when we stand for his righteousness. So anyway, we're going to take communion today. We take communion. When we take communion, we remember. We remember what Christ accomplished for us. We are taking his body, we are taking his blood, and remembering and standing in all 
Thank you. 